Hey, it's Lisa Cordoff. Welcome to the podcast where you can expect inspiring, raw, energizing, and transformative conversations with people on the path of personal evolution. I'm here to really live my life. And if you are too, these conversations are just for you. I'm really glad you're here. Enjoy. I feel like I need to say, hi, Dr. Ali, but I don't. But you don't. This but is just sh- Ali. But should I? Nah. Well, <laughs> you know, it depends who you ask because chiropractors, right? So, um, mm. yeah, we, that's a whole other thing. Someone wouldn't even say, they'd say yeah. you're a quack. Yes, they would. I know. Um, <laughs> I'm so actually so glad to be talking to you because I mean, we've known each other, like known of each other, and then you interviewed me on your podcast, which was yeah. so super fun. And then when I was doing the call out for people, like who wants to talk about how things have really shifted for them? You're like, me, me. I me. Yeah. <laughs> me. Yeah. Minion in the background. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, yeah, so I'm so glad we've had this and you're not feeling 100%. I haven't been feeling 100%, but here we are because we are. I think there's just a bit of mutual love yeah, and love for the mic, let's be uh, honest. Yeah, look, I did just record a whole podcast episode, even though I sound like this for my own podcast before. I was like, let's just do this, Ali. Let's just get it done. <laughs> you actually sound amazing. Um, so, okay, so let's go back to... Let's go back to like 2019. When did yeah. you do Ready for Change? Did you I do did that? Ready for Change at the before COVID. That intake you had, is it like February 2020? Oh, yeah. Would that right. be right? Right, yeah. yeah. Before BC. Pre, pre-time. Pre, <laughs> pre-time. When yeah. the world kind of made sense. There was elements of normality. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so so why, so Yep. Where were you at before then? Yeah. What was happening in the life of Dr. Ali? <laughs> Just going to keep saying it. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so I had a really thriving practice and I'd worked really, really hard. We moved back from overseas. Um, I'd lived expat with husband and kids on and off for five years and then come back to central Queensland, open the doors to my practice, and it went gangbusters. I'm a curry who works with kids and mums, so always needed and wanted and um I'd got that going really well but then I started realizing I was hitting burnout mode and I had this huge dichotomy within myself that I was espousing these vitalistic health principles and everything within my world was in this vitality model yet I wasn't obviously listening to what I needed to hear internally because my body was giving me signs that I wasn't. So my burnout had shown up when my son head butted my chin and it gave me a beard-like facial tingling that we couldn't get rid of. So, um, and, then it's, and then I gained 10 kilos in three months. So I would have done Ready for Change probably six to seven weeks into this real symptomatic burnout obviously that had been building up for a while and um and so yes I had I was trying to navigate so how can I listen to what I need inside me because obviously I've grabbed some story of what my life should look like and I was trying so hard to make that a reality 
and maybe that wasn't what I needed. And that's how I sort of navigated through that pathway. So what what did you realise that you had been telling yourself? Like what was your truth at that time? Like I am a successful practice operator. I'm, yeah. the, I'm the most successful chiropractor in Gladstone. Yeah. I can manage working and kids and like. I've got it all and I can do all the things and that, yes, I think that the biggest story I told myself was that, yes, sleep's important for everyone else and, yes, drinking, like it was summertime, so I am a fan of a Negroni, but in the summertime I maybe imbibe a little too much because friends drop over and we all just have a Negroni together, right? That's Mm -hmm. what we did. Mm -hmm. And it got to a point where I think my system was trying to tell me that's not your story, that's not where you need to be living right now and you can't keep doing it that way. So I told myself that I could have it all but the having it all wasn't actually what I inherently wanted within me I didn't I wanted the have it all that the 90s power Cairo guys told me I should have been having which was a super busy practice and being in work for huge hours and the kids will be fine and all that kind of stuff and I realized that actually I don't want to work that much and I want it to be calmer and I want it to be on my terms. And so that was the big shift and change. Is it hard when you are in that caring service delivery mm-hmm. and other people start to rely on you? Like you literally have patients and people who are booking in and needing you and starting to rely on your care. Yeah. For you to create new boundaries around that. Yeah. Did what did you have did you have to was that hard or yeah, definitely. and I and also being in a small town. So you're mm. so not tiny, but small enough that I would at least run into two or three patients on every trip to the shops. Oh, and wow. so you're getting like and I love the community vibe. Um but sometimes you do have to really delineate that boundary of work time and outside of the office time, yeah. for sure. But also there was a few people where I explained, you know, I'm having to do this for my health and they would get that because I'm showing up for myself how I expect them to show up for themselves. Yes. And I think that was one of the biggest learnings was that, well, if I do this for me. So I lost a heap of weight. I was really focused on being healthy and I told all of my practice they would be like oh you look great and I said well I'm looking great because I was in burnout mode so I'd actually have an open conversation rather Mm. than just pretending I just did this because I didn't feel great within myself no Mm. because my health was suffering because I'd let myself spiral into sympathetic dominance you know every single time I say oh I'm fucked I'm really overwhelmed or this has gotten on top of me or (laughs) Um, you know, I'm a person who has, you know, and you have the knowledge Mm. of how to take care of yourself or do all those sorts of things. It's like such a relief when, and I'm like when people like you, but I know people are pointing to me and saying when people like you, Lisa, share that it's not all, you're not all vibing. Like we just, and. Oh my god! And like, I love. Can you tell everyone what the name of your um, what your podcast is? Yeah, so it's called Motherhood Unfucked. Because yeah, 
because you just take away all the the bullshit and yeah. all of the high standards. But and I think this is the thing though. So like, when did you launch that podcast? Mm-hmm. Did you have to go through ago. all? I went to, through it. Yeah, and then I launched it. So that's right. what propelled me into working in the online space because I suddenly went. I love working one-to-one with people, but I feel like there's all these other women that don't live in my 50,000 stuff that could get supported and I don't want anyone else to go through that. Like I know people are going to go through that because it's going to be whatever the universe gives them for their life journey. But if I can help support them in any way, that's how I ended up there. Right. So so then, okay, so tell us. So you went through Ready for Change. You're like, yeah. oh, maybe I don't have to be all of this yes. thing that I'm telling yeah. myself. So what what sort of story did you specifically change to and how did that end up seeing you where you are now, which is like a published author, successful <laughs> podcast, yeah. doing online programs, like, you know, wow, like it's yeah. been a really big transformation that actually suits your life. It really does, yeah. And it, I think the story I had to let go of was that the only way to be successful as a female chiropractor was to be in practice for huge amounts of time, hands-on people, like which in my 20s I had all the energy for because I had no kids and I was just living for that. Whereas once I've become a mum, I realised that my energy is guided in different directions now. And so I was trying to live out my 20s life in my 40s and the dichotomy, it just didn't work. It just didn't work. But it took a lot to get there. And my story was that, oh, I can do that. Well, I can do that, yeah, but I don't want to do that. And it was realising that the choice was that I didn't actually have to do that either. And so was that your new story? Like I yeah. get to I get craft. to choose. Yeah, yeah. I choose my own adventure. So my new story was choose my own adventure. So how can I bring health oh. back in? Yeah. Just like had full body tingles. <laughs> I talk about it all the time. Really, a choose yeah. my own event. Like the, I think the thing is, is that for sure, you know, when when I talk about choice, um, or you know, when any of us talks about choice it's hard because there's obligations that we've got in our lives there's absolutely things that um don't feel like a choice um and probably aren't a choice yeah but um but there's like a deeper part to the whole conversation and and I think that's just we're not even aware of how blessed people like you and I are and we trap ourselves yeah. unknowingly in lives that feel totally shit yeah. when there are actually other, other options. Ways. Yeah. yeah. And so from Ready for Change I realised I needed another Cairo because I was committed to serving the community but I didn't want to necessarily do it. So, yeah, then I yeah. took a new one. <laughs> But I got there, yeah, um, because we're so far out of capital cities, so mm. not everyone wants to move here. And um, that has been amazing. But the blessing that came out of COVID was I dropped a day because it was too hard with lockdowns and school and stuff, and I just never put that back on. So I went from being four days a week to three days a week in practice, and I haven't ever upped that back again because I was like, no, nah, I just don't want it. 
So that was always available to you, but yeah, I just never it. saw it. I yeah. just never saw it. Yeah. So yeah, uh, it's just so it's so cool. It's like I guess creating a life by design. When yeah, you exactly. did the values stuff, yeah, did you find? Did you were you always kind of aware of what your yeah. core values were? I've done a lot of values work over the years. Like yeah. in chiropractic, I think we're pretty lucky because we've got a super philosophical concept behind why we do what we do. So values form a huge part of that. And so I've always done values work, but it was a really refreshing to do it again because I think I hadn't probably done it again since kids. And my kids at this stage would have been seven and five. So oh. I was still clinging on to those values that I had pre-kids. And then all of a sudden I'm post-kids seven years and I hadn't thought about them again so they changed how that happens like yeah I know right it's sort of like just oh yes no these are my values so the the core ones for me integrity is like my number one and um health is always there but it definitely isn't always at the top like it shifts and changes Mm -hmm. but the one thing that I think ready for change really helps for me is that I always told myself that fun and joy were rubbish values because they weren't seen as success values you know what I mean they're not like Ooh, you know, you're not going to get Tony Robbins saying fun and joy is his bloody favourite value, right? Whereas for me, my brain works best when I'm living with fun and joy continuously in my life. And and so that has been something I've consciously infused back in again. Oh, well. Watching you online, like you look fun. Like I, I want to hang out with you because you seem like a fun person. And yeah. how hilarious to compare your values to Tony Robbins. Like, oh, yeah, like we're totally just, the same person. It's just taking a really... <laughs> it was the only game I could think of that was like <laughs> the only person who wasn't a weird character <laughs> that I would be the only person listening to the podcast would know. <laughs> that is so funny. Okay, so tell us about how, like, the your book and because now I just want to talk about you and <laughs> the, well, what this has also created space for to birth in the world, like... The, yeah. the, the world is better off because you decided to go, actually, not this model. I can't do yeah. it. I need to find a new story. I need to actually craft something that works for me and my family. And now there's a there's going to be a book on the shelves in a matter of yeah. weeks. What, weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And um, that people can go and pre-order now. So tell me what that book is about. I want to know. Yeah. So it's basically my love story for working mums and it's the stuff that I wish I knew when I was going through my tough patch. So it's in three sections. It's called Work Mama Life. And the first section is about working motherhood, you, society, the patriarchy. It sounds heavy, but it's not super heavy. And the intergenerational ways that we bring a story from our past and society's stories into what we think our motherhood should look like and our work experience and then I've crafted this concept called the five pillars of healthy motherhood and so the middle section of the book is exploring how mums can choose to be healthy so it's nourishment movement thoughtfulness sleep and connection and those are the five things that I think just if we can get some and no one has balance in all five perfectly but understanding where we're sitting and where we're fluxing to and fro, and I think that that's really important. And then the last section is how we can actually fit that into our life. That's why it's called life. Mm -hmm. So without it being overwhelming. So the things that I did in my burnout recovery have basically morphed into this book. How amazing. 
Yeah, it's pretty cool. I love that final section as well because I think that's something that I've seen over the years, helping women with food and all of that sort of stuff. Mm. It feels like you you almost have to put everything aside to to do do the things that you need to do. And no woman, mum, wants to do that. Because there's too many balls that she's carrying over here. So how do, how do you, you do that? Yes. Yeah. And, oh, so, and in the that. book I've got pause moments everywhere. So they're moments where we actually, okay, we've read this, let's pause and think, and there's some reflection questions where people can journal about it or just think about it. But, okay, what does this mean for me? Maybe it means nothing. Maybe, yeah, that is something I want to go on to. And so the goal is that by the end you have that. And then at the very end I actually have recipes um not mine there's two of mine and then like links to people's recipes just for that nourishment section because that's a question I could ask that you would all the time from your time hence your ebook which I love um but yeah the small step says I'm forever sharing recipes with people they're like well how do you do that and I'm like well you just do that and that's okay yeah yeah I know Um, Sometimes I used to get a bit like, this isn't really cooking. It's more like assemblage of yes. things. <laughs> you know, one of my kids literally has salad for breakfast every day. She goes to the fridge. She's like, I just want, I'm like, what do you want for breakfast? Thinking she might say a crumpet. No, I'll just have a salad plate, thanks, mum. And it'll be a bit of roast chicken, a cucumber, a carrot, and apple. So literally, we assemble her breakfast every day. That's amazing. What a legend. Yep. Other kiddies like toast and veggie bite. Yeah. <laughs> They're so different kids. So you know different. what? My son now, he's in grade six and he's making his own egg every morning. So Man. he's like, yeah, it's like a whole new level of motherhood joy. Oh. Coming downstairs, smelling that eggs yeah. are cooking. Yeah. And he's yeah, just that is he's amazing. on yeah. Yes, I love that. Yeah, well, George Walker, he's seven and he'll scramble eggs with me, but he's not old enough to do it. Yes, no, no, they have to be old enough. We've got a gas yes. stove. You yes. know, that's. Oh, that's yeah, really right. No. <laughs> um, can I ask you, just because before we started this, um, yes. we were having a conversation about um, the last two years. Mm-hmm. And um, I was sharing with you that. I just I asked my community if they could just fill out a, a little survey, just sharing a bit about where they're at right now. And it's actually been really confronting to read through um, where people are at. And I was starting to feel like, you know, I'm a person who I've actually handled a lot in yes. my life. I've actually gotten, I got used to living with uncertainty, being married to an alcoholic in recovery. You know, there were periods of sobriety and then there was periods of relapse and life would just, it was hard to plan. It was hard to feel secure. It was hard for just in loads of different reasons. I'd have to keep the household moving, the kids okay amongst periods in and out of rehab. And and I so, so I, that first year of COVID, I was like, this sucks, but I feel like I've been in training for this. You know, yeah. it's also I have, I've got had already been expanded. Yes, I've got yeah. skills for this. I know life has felt uncertain for a very long time. Yeah, and I've, yeah, and then into the second year, it was sort of a real bummer. Yeah, <laughs> but then but I again. felt then I felt like yeah, that last lockdown we called it lockdown of fun and really trying to hold my attention. In yep. new ways and 
got through but was pretty not great by the end. And then it was Christmas, like it was straight into all of that. And then a summer that felt magical in lots of ways. And then getting them into back into school. And it's all just been really a matter of a very short period of time. Yeah. And we I had COVID. And then I've just been really sick as well. <laughs> and I'm like, is it just me? Is it just me who is feeling like the smallest things are tipping me over the edge right now? Is it just me who feels like I've kind of got a new equilibrium? Like there's a new max setting on my own personal system is what it feels like. And I reach it faster. And when I talk, when I share that sort of stuff, the response back seems to be like, uh, fuck yes. Um, that's yeah. So we would, you were sort of, then you started on some neurological explanation for this that made me feel like, okay, explain to me what has happened to yeah. us. So I'm no, I'm going to preface this by I am not a trauma specialist, no. but I read a lot about it. And there's lots more people out there with way more in depth theory. But basically, we've been living in such a state of uncertainty. And on edge, like that feeling that you're just like, well, what's going to happen today? What new cycle is going to come up? And I think this last two weeks with all of the crazy has really amplified that. Like, could you think of anything else going anyway? Um, is that we've created altered trauma responses in our brain. So our it becomes a trauma when you have a prolonged sense of stress and fear going on in your life. So post-traumatic stress disorder can come from really big events or continual small stuff Mm. and so surely two years has to be continual small stuff right so then that's creating a lowered threshold because our ability to resiliently bounce back from stress is altered so we would have a normal neurological stress response but our brain has now learned that when we're stressed we behave in this way and it perceives that stress earlier because its indicators for stress have lowered because of the last two years of continual stress inside. And so we just are responding in bigger ways to smaller things because our brain muscle hasn't been able to adapt in the way it's designed to. Shit. I know. I know. It makes it makes total sense when yeah. you talk about it like that. And I'm just thinking about the people that I know, the, you know, even just the mums that I talk to at school. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking about how, you know, I need to, this, you know, high school next year for kids that involves a move for me and just all the stuff that needs to get done that feels big, just so big, like a bit, but, but almost not even penetrable. Like, like, how can I navigate this thing? Which five years ago you would, you've moved to Sydney and Brisbane. My, kid has lived in, my eldest son lived in seven has lived in seven houses and yet suddenly yeah. I feel like it's just <gasps> way make. too big yeah. yes yeah exactly and that's because our ability to navigate change is so decreased because our bandwidth has just shrunk and so we need to learn how to get our brains back into feeling safe and so one of the easiest ways to signal safety is to get our vagus in a beautiful state. And so that's your singing, your humming, your cold showers, your connection with people, like all that beautiful stuff that just helps your body go, 
oh, I'm okay, I'm nice and safe. Those things that we do for our kids when they hurt themselves, we give them a firm hug because that signals, I'm okay, I'm not running. We straighten up our posture because that tells our brain that we're safe. When we're hunched and looking forward, it tells us we're hiding, we're scaring. So neurologically, we're thinking, I've got to get ready to run away. So all that time we spend on our phone looking for Mm. case numbers and you know, stuck in our house. So what else are we going to do all day long, right? It's actually shifting posture, which can change that too. I know. Everyone everyone needs to be following Dr. Ali. <laughs> Always and forever known in my head as Dr. Ali. Um, because are you sharing are you sharing all this stuff? Yeah, I do share it. Probably not as much as I should because um, I don't know why. But, yeah, I do share it. And it's all in my book as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, By the book. By the book. Um, But, yeah, I think that the way that we recover as mothers from this next two years, and I am big on Vegas. I talk about that all the time. I have challenges just on how we can reset our Vegas nerve. Wow. And people will still six months later messaging me going, I am still doing this thing, thank you, because it has become part of their ability to create calm back in their soul again. And that's, I think, where we need to, like you said, get in that calm, centred self back. Mm. Not anything big. We don't need to necessarily change the world. We just need to change ourselves on the inside again and signal that we're okay. So just give our bodies the clue that yes, we're safe. That we're safe. Yeah. 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 Which, and then some people might be listening to this and thinking, but we're not. Um, but yeah. Putin is bombing Ukrainian okay. nuclear spaces and it does not feel safe. And, you know, the the climate is changing at such a rapid pace and people are dying mm-hmm. and I don't feel safe. Yeah. And I think, you know, I was actually talking to a friend about this when I was going through all the stuff with Nick and in and there was just this huge level of uncertainty and I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure that life events were happening during that time yeah. and I paid no attention yeah. no attention at all I, I I couldn't have even told you like I mean if there was an election I just I yes. yeah because I I had no capacity because what I was solely focused on was what was going on in my little world. It was definitely more than enough for me to manage myself, Nick, the kids, and my business. Yeah. And do you think, I feel like we get called into needing to care? Uh, and I 100% agree. And sometimes we have to just say, I. I want to be a good global citizen or I want to be an aware and tuned in mm-hmm. current affairs person. Like I want to be able to have good conversations. I want to be able to meet with you about the things that are important with you. But that as women and mums, we we also get to choose oh, when when we're, when, you know, yeah, we kind of need to pull pull the pin. And sometimes on. we just need to not listen for a little while. Yep, and and that's hard. And it's hard. I feel for people who have family over in Europe, who particularly it's probably even more pertinent to. But I think one of the biggest things is that we can still choose what goes into our brain. We have an ability to go. 
I don't want that in there right now and mm. I, I'm going to get rid of that. And you can consciously meditate on it. Maybe you need to have that one friend that you call and you get all your fears and concerns out with and then it's gone and then you go, okay, now I'm going to honour myself and I, and I need to give myself some calm moments today because I need to get that back. And we owe it to ourselves because we're going to end up with a entire generation of burnout, unhealthy, really sick mums because we're living in that state of worry for the whole world around us. But we've got to learn to honour ourselves first. And it mm. sounds so selfish and it goes against all the mum guilt stuff, but we really need to realise that we are number one and that it, we can look after us, the ripple effect if we feel calm, our kids will feel more calm, and then they'll go and infuse that calm out. And so that's why it starts with us being able to acknowledge that. So, yes, we definitely have lack of safety in our environment, but we can't control that. What we can control is ourselves. And yeah. That's my big message is. Oh, I mean, we're singing from the same hymn sheet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Are we? And And I think it's so, and I don't think that, mums can hear that message enough I agree and you know I know especially even with something like ready for change it's I'm always just shocked at how surprised the participants are when they start to feel a different level of calm or positivity or something like that how then that's filtering out to their families Absolutely. yeah and it's yeah. that whole like well no I mean we can just sit there and just wait for everything to get calm around us or for use or we can build it inside us and then have that ripple out and yeah I mean for me that was never more obvious than when I mean when Nick and I separated and he he left the house I was like oh, now it's solely on me. Like I get to create the vibe here and that vibe, like I'm the anchor point. The kids are always going to be like having a something or doing this or doing that and I can be just. The person that sets the tone. I can set the tone. Yeah. And yeah, it's beautiful. Like that's where the chiropracticness because that tone of your body sets so much tone in your outside world and that's the beautiful interaction I see is that you know hands-on I get to help people with tone but then we're also energetically helping people with tone with the kind of work that we do too yeah I mean I'm really pleased that your voice is out there and you're not just like it's not just your patients in Gladstone who are benefiting from your wisdom and vibe, really. Yeah. Like I'm really glad that this yeah. that you went on this yeah. path. Yeah, because- I feel so connected to myself whilst I do it, if that makes sense. Like I feel really anchored within myself when I'm doing these things. And I think that that's what has, I think Ready for Change was part of that recognition that, I needed to find the thing that lit me on fire again, and that mm. was this. Yeah, born for it. Ringa! Born for it. Anyone who puts a podcast out there <laughs> called Motherhood Unfucked has just been waiting for the mic. Like it's yeah. just like give this woman the microphone. She has things to say. She's not afraid to say it, 
and yep. she's going to cause ripple effects and that is a very, very good thing. So thank you for sharing not only just your story but also just some really, really awesome reflections that I hope help women feel a little less alone in yes. where they're at right now yeah. um, because it's an unusual time and I think we can be so hard on ourselves we can have such high expectations we can be wondering why we're not doing the things that we know we should be doing or that we were doing a little while ago and we're just not now and yeah I mean dropping the expectations is something that massive such a gift that is a gift that is a gift for your family that is a gift for you that is a gift for the universe yeah Yeah. because we don't need to be operating at unsustainable levels like we might have been able to fool ourselves that we could do it before but now our bodies are just like "Uh uh-uh no way yeah yeah which is I think probably the gift of COVID the gift of this last two years has been like see we were yep. trying to tell you before. We kept giving you things and, and you it, thought it was just you. And now we're like as a generation going, oh, it was really all unsustainable. Oh, yeah, yep. all those ideas that we had about how to do Not things. So yep. I'll be getting your book. Oh, and thanks. I think everybody should be getting your book because <laughs> it's just ridiculous that but also not that we need constant practical reminders of the basics of what makes life good and getting ourselves to a point where we get to enjoy this one precious life is so important so important so thanks for sharing your gifts with the world thank you for having me on and for helping be part of that spark of making it happen like so important yeah I'm I love your to. program. I've told so many of my patients to do your program. Have you really? Yeah. Yeah. I do like, love it. I do yeah. love, I think there's a power in a woman owning her bullshit and yes. then just, yeah, crafting yeah. a new story. Yeah, like, exactly. And it's something that, yeah, I, I love these conversations because I love seeing where it's led, like hmm. tiny yeah. little, tiny little, little moment. Yeah, Yeah. but, yes, you were ready as well. You were ready for something to share. Yes, which I think makes a difference too. But um, chiropractors rule. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Our chiropractor, you know, uh, is our primary healthcare provider. She's my Um, go-to. Absolutely couldn't have done the last few years without her. Um, so I think you guys do really important work in the world but I love the bigger conversation that you're a part of and um, I think like this is really just the start for you I think we're going to be seeing you I can see you on like morning tv shows being interviewed (laughs) and stuff you are that person oh you know what's ironic is one of my best friends is a channel nine newsreader in Melbourne Alicia Lopsley and she used to be on the today show and um I know she's she, got all the con she's got all the contacts but she's always been like you're the talker <laughs> like, yeah. that is true that is true I, yeah. I see book tour I see all of the interviews go get it yeah Come and thank you it. for sharing today thank you thank you for having me I appreciate it 
Hey, if you want to learn exactly how to start moving through the stories that are keeping you stuck and you want to delve into these self-defeating thinking patterns that so many of us have, then I've got a free workshop that you can go and watch right now. In it, I I highlight some of the main stories that I see women telling themselves that often lead women into a spiral of self-sabotage. You also learn how to let yourself off the hook a little bit more because when you understand how your brain is actually working to create this, then you feel a lot breezier about your life. Trust me. In this workshop, you'll also start moving towards the things that you want by the end. I absolutely promise you'll have a new perspective on your next step forward. And that can be in any area of your life where you feel stuck. I can't wait for you to go and check it out. It's totally free. The link is in the show notes. Enjoy. Hey, if you're enjoying the conversation, then it would mean the world to me if you head over to iTunes and give us a rating and review. It really makes a difference and it's my intention to get as many of us involved in real conversations that really change the game as possible. Thanks so much for your help and I'll see you in the next episode. 